0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections.
1: I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Young adulthood is often a challenging time filled with big decisions, greater expectations, and major responsibilities. The pressures to succeed and be a positive influence can be intimidating, but also deeply rewarding. We're joined today by Josh Burnett. He's the author of a new book called Adulting 101 Book 2, guidance for 20-somethings on becoming healthy, successful, Growing Up." Now, in the book, it covers everything from boosting your self-awareness to developing your emotional maturity. also dedicates an entire chapter to the importance of knowing God and the ways in which faith can influence a person's life. Today on Connections, he'll share the inspiration behind this book and he'll also help the 20-somethings out there become healthy, successful grown-ups. We're joined today by Josh Burnett. He is the author of a new book titled Adulting 101 Book 2. Not only are you an author, you're also a Chick-fil-A owner, operator, and author as you said, and your husband and a father. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, just how you got into where you are today.
2: Sure. So my journey begins um, in the state of Virginia and had the privilege of growing up there with my family. And really, from an early age, I was very involved. Actually, Chick-fil-A was a first job for me. So I started when I was 14, um, the dining room. And then I was very involved in a nonprofit called Young Life right around the same age and progressed through high school, realized that a desire of mine was to own my own business. And Chick-fil-A was a good avenue or outlet for that to hopefully happen. Stayed very involved in the nonprofit with Young Life and actually went to school at a state university there in Virginia and had the privilege to keep working for Young Life. And that's where I met my co-author, Pete Hardesty. He was a mentor of mine during college associated with Young Life and really was the genesis for a lot of this life wisdom and adulting content. And along that journey, did business management, uh, knew that Chick-fil-A was the hopeful outcome of that and uh, had the opportunity to pursue that, actually moved to the state of Arkansas to become a -A Chick-fil-A owner-operator and did that for nine years in that state and then had a chance to relocate back home with my wife and three little ones to Virginia.
0: Now here we're going to talk about some really important things. But for a lot of people listening up here in Canada, this is going to be very important.
2: When are you going to get more Chick Fil A's in Canada? <laughs> that that is a big one, and so we are very actively pursuing that. I think that the only ones I know of right now are in Toronto. But that's right. Um, Canada is uh, absolutely where we are moving to next as an organization, which is exciting. I think we had one in Calgary in the airport for a while, but I don't think that's oh, still really? there.
0: Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I just know about Toronto. I do have friends that literally will travel about seven hours round trip to get Chick Fil A once in a while. So <laughs> that's
2: awesome. That's a commitment <laughs> right there.
1: Just put it smack dab center in Canada, and then everyone can come
2: come there to go to over here and get it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, now going into your books and authoring, you first of all wrote one book, Adul- Adulting One Hundred and One book one. You're now releasing Adulting 101, book two. Perfect timing, graduation's happening, people are moving on in life. Tell us a little bit about this book and why you've decided to write book number two.
2: Sure. So really for the first book, um, as an employer of a lot of students, I have about 100 students that I work with right now, really noticed a pretty significant gap in terms of real world knowledge to help them succeed as an adult after that high school or college age. And Pete and I kind of put our brains together and said, Hey, we would love to help launch the next generation. Well, so book one is really a lot about what an adult does. So that is managing your finances and buying a car or showing up to work on time or getting a job very tactically driven. And it it did very well, but some of the feedback we received from our readers, as well as the people that we have a chance to work with, is these are great hard skills, but really a lot of us struggle with what does it look like to be a healthy adult? So maybe they don't see that modeled at home or at school, and so really have this desire to say, hey, here is a picture of what healthy adulthood could be. So honestly, to some degree, I think we wrote them backwards. Book one is what an adult does. Book two is who an adult should, should be.
1: Do you find, like you said, you employ a lot of young people. Do you find that uh, nowadays that the youth and young people are lacking in those areas?
2: And I I don't know if it's necessarily lacking in, but maybe just a greater awareness of, if that makes sense. I think this Mm -hmm. generation is more in tune with uh, their mental health and what's happening in the world uh, that previous generations were not. And so really, I think there's just a lot of confusion around how do I adult in a healthy way, and I really think that's why the the term adulting is oftentimes used in a negative negative way. It's this thing that I dread doing or have to do. And for both Pete and I, we're like, man, if if people had a better understanding of the wonderful things of becoming an adult, like what all is entailed with that, it wouldn't be so negatively perceived.
0: What do you love uh, most about working with young people, having them work in your restaurants
2: and stuff? I love being somebody's first boss. Um, I think that is a very special opportunity. All of us remember the first person that we worked with or worked for. And for me, I take that very seriously in terms of doing my best to set them up for what a healthy workplace could look like for the future and making sure that they have very high expectations and desires of, future bosses, and just creating a safe space. We, we have some folks that uh, will work even more than they need to because it is a place that they feel safe in. And so that that's really important to me and uh, a great opportunity, knowing that for most it's, an op- it's a pass-through job, but I want them to walk away feeling as if they were invested in as a person, not just as a professional.
1: When you're hiring staff and you're and your restaurants. Uh, do you give them this book as a manual um, to help them along the way?
2: Absolutely. So it was written for uh, my, my Chick-fil-A team, actually, back in Little Rock. That's who this initial audience was. And, and I, I kind of pictured stapling a Word document together and passing it out. But thankfully, it got a little bit bigger than that. And so with every new hire that we have, we give them a book and tell them how much we care about them as a person and how we're excited to see Uh, where they ultimately go.
1: One of the biggest things that you focus on in this book, number two, is boosting your self-awareness. How important is that to just start things off?
2: So we really, I feel like this is a cornerstone for healthy adulthood. It's very challenging. So the way we break up outlining healthy adulthood is you need to know yourself before you can lead yourself. And then before you can do anything with other people like know or lead others, it really starts with knowing and understanding who you are. Uh, Again, we have all worked for or worked around or have family members that uh, think they're in charge of a bunch of stuff, but they're very not aware of who they really are. And so Pete and I kick off the first chapter saying, hey, self-awareness is going to be critical uh, throughout your entire life. And here are some ways that you can help boost that and learn more about yourself and really have a better picture of how the rest of the world perceives you.
0: So self-awareness is just kind of being aware of the different ways that we learn or how we respond to situations and things like that, just helping us
2: understand ourselves first. Yes. So, I mean, we, we talk about using personality assessments and developing listening skills, reading books, developing the people that are closest to you that can pour into and give you insight into how you come across to other people nice
0: one of the things I like too is uh you also focus on like this isn't about here's how to be a good follower for me your boss your leader right you talk about how to become a leader for young people as they enter into adulthood too
2: yes and so we realized that this book is really geared Towards that 20 something, or maybe it's a graduating high school student. So a lot of folks will see leadership and say, I'm, I'm in my first job or I'm in an intro job. It's not where I want to end up at, but leadership still applies to this person because before you can lead people, you, you have to lead something. And so wherever you're at in any role, um, whether it's a family or a career, it's hey, really own the things that you've been given so far. And with that, more will be given uh, onto you.
1: Faith plays a huge role in everything that you do. You include an entire chapter on faith in this book as well. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about how you incorporate that into everything.
2: Sure. So uh, in terms of the book, Pete and I wrote both books in a way that the content is applicable to anybody. So you can sit down and go through the first 13 chapters and there's not going to be this heavy faith-based skewing that would maybe turn off a non-faith-based reader And that was very intentional because we work with all kinds of students and we want this information to apply and impact them. But we really felt as if, hey, we would be completely missing the point if we didn't share what we believe and then how that really impacts us in everything that we do. So that final chapter, um, we talk about, hey, this is the role that Jesus plays in our lives and here's how that paints healthy adulthood for us.
1: One of the quotes is, you can know all about God and still not know God. You can know all about Jesus and still not know him. You can know all about yourself and still not know yourself. We want to see yourself the way God sees you. For you discover your true self when you come to understand that you are a beloved son or daughter of God. So that's huge in everything that you've just said prior to this.
2: Absolutely. And if we have that perspective of who we are, uh, it creates a worth in us that... we we have a better foundation of who we are and uh, can have better awareness and can care for people in a different way. As a result of that, If we can truly believe that.
1: Another great thing you include in your, in your book is also um, learning to um, relate to culturally diverse people. That's huge nowadays, especially with what's been going on um, in the world, not only in the U S but here in Canada.
2: Yes. I mean, this, this is a very vivid part of everybody's life and being able to take a step back and not continue to get further and further polarized is so critical. So whether it's the workplace or in school and classes, whatever it might be, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, hey, how to engage with other people well, but really it can boil down to just actively listening and caring about what the other person has to say. I think this is one of the very best ways to challenge yourself is to find the person that you really disagree with about almost everything, but that you very, very much trust who they are. Um, And I think you get so much more out of that conversation than engaging with people that are just going to validate your existing set of beliefs.
0: One of the big things you mentioned earlier on mental health, and you touch on that in the book uh, as specifically about anxiety and what are some of your recommendations uh, for young people as they enter into early adulthood dealing with things
2: like anxiety?
0: And is it always a bad thing?
2: That, that is a great question. So anxiety has the ability to be helpful because it heightens your senses and you kind of get laser focused in on something. But sadly, all too often, this pours into an unhealthy state. And so uh, this is my disclaimer, Pete nor I are mental health experts, but we brought along a counseling team of five folks that really spoke into the mental health section. So the way that the book is broken up, part one is really around setting these expectations of what healthy adulthood is. And then part two is, hey, even with a clear picture, understanding of that, there's stuff that happens in life that can be very, very challenging. And so we spend chapters uh, around anxiety, depression, and loneliness, two chapters for each. And the first one kind of outlines or overviews hey this is what this is and then part two is hey here are some ways to overcome that or begin the battle against it and really the intent of this book is a a great launching point so whether this is something that you're battling with yourself or somebody that you care about that's going through one of these things this is a wonderful launching point to assess hey what's the next step so some of the the uh, guidance that we provide for anxiety is that there's no cure-all for this. But um, really, we, we talk a lot about reducing screen use. We have a whole chapter on screens and uh, the mental impact that that can have. And things even as simple as just deep breathing, um, breathing exercises are so helpful in helping to calm the mind and calm the body. And so we give a, a whole list of, hey, here's some ways that you can help to overcome or at least battle against this anxiety.
1: And what a better time than right now, uh, as we all hopefully wrap up here in Canada, at least our, our final, hopefully wave of COVID-19. I, a lot of people are experiencing things that they've never experienced before. So this is the perfect opportunity as well, not only going into the real world and becoming an adult, but everything they've experienced throughout the past year and a bit.
2: Sure. And, and COVID has been so challenging for so many folks because- um, the, the opportunity that we had for connection suddenly, seemingly overnight ceased. And that only is more challenging for all of our mental health. And so, uh, Pete and I do talk about even, hey, just around loneliness. How do you, how do you go about overcoming that and engaging and building a network and building out uh, a group of people that genuinely care about you? Because it's very easy to confuse communication. We all communicate more now than any other generation of society ever has. Uh, but that does not mean that we have a good connection with people. Yeah. So really understanding the differences between the two and uh, helping people move along that path to finding great core connections.
0: Yeah, we're so connected through social media and stuff now, especially for young people, right? So connected, but yet maybe lonelier than ever that okay. social media can give this false
2: sense of, of connection for some, I feel. Yes. Social media is something that, I mean, Pete and I both are on social media. We do not think it is the worst thing in the world, but um, it has to be something that we take ownership over and all too often. I mean, it's, it's geared to addict. I mean, it is, it is formatted and created for us to want to be addicted to it. And uh, it can create some very negative cycles in our lives, especially around the world of comparison. Um, And so we, we talk a lot about, Hey, what is healthy social media look like in your life and how to make that real.
1: For the graduate out there that's either graduating high school or college or university and is stepping out into the real world for the first time, especially after a very odd year, what's your biggest piece of advice for them?
2: I think it's this encouragement of you can do it. And it is such an exciting season of life, but it really does require more effort. So for the last 18 or 22 years, friends have been built into your natural cadences of life as a result of school or living in dorms or whatever it might be. And so uh, it's going to take you stepping out and sometimes being a little bit uncomfortable, but initiating and being real and creating that network and that framework of uh, people that you want to be around. But ultimately, you can do it. Adulting is not bad. It can seem a little scary, but it is such an exciting, exciting part of life.
1: What's the biggest thing you've learned along your journey?
2: Um, to give myself some grace that uh, I, I think that one of the I, I learned a lot more when I fail than when I succeed. And so each time I have a failure, or something didn't pan out the way I had hoped it would, I can have a tendency to be very hard on myself. And so uh, now that I have a chance to look at, back at some of those at the time, what I thought were failures, uh, it has directed my life in a path that I would never want to give up or go back and redo.
1: For people who want to learn about your book, want to learn more about you, how do they go about doing that?
2: Sure. So I have a website, joshburnett.com, and then Amazon's always the easiest route to get the book um, or any other major retailer.
1: And what's up next for you?
2: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um so, we have uh, three little ones. So, that's always uh, keeping me going. <laughs> yes. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll see an adulting book three here before too terribly long.
1: And what will you cover in adulting book three?
2: <laughs> that is a great question. We are going to get feedback on book two. Um, we really try to solicit the, the feedback of readers and saying, hey, what, what are some gaps and how can we, how can we help? adulting in a pandemic that would have been a great one as well (laughs) oh amen i think that goes back a lot to uh how to be comfortable with change and failure and grit nice love it well we can't wait for the american border to
0: open i'm heading down to (laughs) north dakota when it does and getting me some chick-fil-a so
2: here we go thanks mike
1: (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today
2: It's been my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Great talking with you. Thank you.
1: And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.